Hello, and welcome to a special episode of The Healthy Podcast, brought to you in association with Holland & Barrett. I'm your host and editorial director, Ellie Hughes. Cliché or not, most of us start each January wanting to get a bit fitter and lose some of that Christmas weight. Another cliché, by the end of the month, lots of us have given up and gone back to our old ways. So, how do we make things different this year? Getting and staying fit for life is the dream, and today we're joined by East Nine personal trainer, Anya Gab who's going to share her insights and experience of nearly two decades in the business with us today. So welcome, Anya. It's great to have you on the podcast today. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. So let's just kick straight off then. What I really want to know to start off with, so when you first see a new client for a consultation, what is it are are you looking to find from that consultation? What kind of information are you trying to get from them? What I usually do is I send them a questionnaire beforehand. So I email them questionnaire just to have a look through and kind of set goals. So it's it's all about what they want to do, what their goals are, you know, realistic goals, what they like and dislike, what their, you know, if they have any injuries, things like that, because the whole point of training them is to find something that they enjoy and that they can carry on that's you know sustainable and they're not going to just suddenly come to me for a couple of sessions and then quit and go back to square one so it's it's trying to kind of find their personality what they love also if they have that determination I think that's a good thing because I've met so many clients where unfortunately I've kind of seen them and I think this is this is just a one-off and I you know and I'm trying to encourage them to carry on so yeah it's it's trying to find something yeah that's that's brilliant so how how do you know when you see them if it's just a one-off what's the giveaway oh <laughs> usually spill your secrets <laughs> <laughs> well it's usually if they turn around I mean I've had a couple of clients where They've come to me and they've said, we really want to lose weight through exercise. I said, okay, great. How do you feel about me going over your nutrition, your diet? And kind of, because that obviously all ties in. You have to, you can't just do the exercise. You have to make sure that you're eating well and that you're looking that, you know, after yourself for that part, part of things. And I've had a couple of, I've had a couple of clients who have said, I'm not changing my diet people who have said, we have six takeaways a week, we're not changing it. And that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. But it's, you know, you're trying to kind of lead them into a healthy lifestyle. And yeah, so you, you can kind of tell with people uh, who straight away kind of put a stop to things and say, I don't want to do that. That's not me. I'm not going to, I'm definitely not going to change that. So you have those kind of clients. Other clients who perhaps they've never exercised before and it's not really been a big thing for them but they're saying I want to lose a bit of weight for a wedding or no special occasion but after I've done that that's it perhaps because they don't want to spend the money but then again I try to motivate them to do things online with like the East Nine app but yeah you, you, you can kind of tell there's little things that give it away yeah yeah and what about things like so obviously you've talked about determination and kind of goals which is obviously key but what about things like body shape how much does that affect do you kind of look at someone and I'm not entirely even thinking weight but kind of their body their physique like, does that affect what you might I'm going to say prescribe as an odd word but what you would suggest for them in terms of a fitness program yeah so I have had I mean I would say 
clinically obese clients and again they've never exercised before and it's really important to kind of say to them at the start it's going to take time you know we have to start off very gently we have to ease you in and just see how it goes and kind of go through it also just contact them day by day to see how they are because if they've never exercised before and it's a big strain on their body you have to make sure that they're okay and that they're not in too much pain and that things are going okay you know by themselves yeah um so it's yeah it's a it's quite hard because with personal training you won't see somebody every day you'll see them perhaps once or twice a week and you just have to kind of keep check on things but it is yeah when you when you when you first meet them you think okay this this is going to be a journey right. and yeah <laughs> and everyone's got their own journey yeah yes, I guess definitely, yeah definitely yeah. so in January then I'm assuming I'm guessing that you see a kind of influx of excited new people coming to you saying this is the year I'm going to make a big difference I really want to reset and restart afresh what are the biggest things that people generally come to you kind of around that time of year to do is it just weight loss or other other goals as well? Usually what happens is weight loss. That is the kind of the top thing that people first say. So when I send the questionnaire, what are your goals? What are your targets? It's always lose weight or get back to a previous weight, get fit. It's, I'll be honest, it's very rare to see anything else. You, you occasionally see, I mean, I have had a couple of clients who, they're very underweight and that's just their metabolism and they're trying to build muscle. And I, I love those kind of clients because it's different. It's more of a challenge. It's again, down to nutrition and helping them you know, eat more protein and build muscle. So it, I do really enjoy those kind of clients because it is, yeah, it's more of a yeah. challenge. Yeah. And do you get people who kind of come and say, oh, I really want to lose weight, but just from the tops of my thighs or just from my tummy they kind oh, yeah. of like want to change their shape as much as lose weight yes yeah. definitely for example I had this one client who she came to me and she was very very slim upper body but she put weight on her legs it was you know kind of bum thighs uh calves lower part of her legs and she would run every day her routine was uh, one hour on the treadmill every day that was it and it was trying to say to her, well, that's all you're doing. Your body's used to it. So you do get, you do get this part, those kinds. And usually the common areas, yeah, tummy, especially women, it's always tummy, hips, bum, and triceps. So back of the arms of like, people like to call them bingo wings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is usually that. So, it, and again, with men, if it is weight loss, it's always, just, always, always the tummy because they usually are okay with their arms and legs. Yeah. So would you say then a big thing a bit about being a PT is, showing people new things that they haven't thought of before so even people who are quite fit like you're saying when an hour a day that's quite a lot of running yeah but she's just kind of in her comfort zone so yeah. your job is to really switch it up I think everyone's scared of change it's very rare to find someone that likes change uh so obviously last year it was a big struggle for people because they're trying to adapt to things and find different ways you know when the gyms are closed trying to find different ways of exercising so it is, yeah, for example, that client, she didn't want to give up the running. She was used to doing that one hour a day and she became very obsessed with it. But I was trying to kind of say to her, okay, that's fair enough. Carry on with your one hour a day, but try doing 15 minutes of strength work or try and do this, you know, spinning or something. So a different kind of group cycling class. Um, 
so yeah but it's really hard but once they get into it if they enjoy it mm. then they'll stick with it and if they see that's the main thing if they see a change they will stick with it yeah so is that i'm just going to ask you what you saw kind of last year in, in lockdown was it mostly so people saw the same aim which was to lose weight yeah but was it mostly people who kind of needed to find different ways of doing that because of the situation was that your kind of main trend that you noticed I think they had to. It was, I think everyone was forced into it. And a lot of people who just went to classes at the gym, they were forced into this environment where they had to do online training, whether it being on YouTube or live workouts on Instagram, which was very popular in the first lockdown. Uh, And yeah, just different ways of training. And again, people, because it was nice, the weather was nice in the first lockdown. A lot more people were walking, running, cycling. I mean, bikes were sold out for months you couldn't yeah. get a, you couldn't get a bike anywhere <laughs> you couldn't get fitness equipment so I think it's I, I think it was a positive thing about lockdown that people were forced into doing new things and training at home and just finding things that they enjoy because they people do get stuck in a routine yeah and it's essentially you said actually about the first lockdown everyone was doing online classes yeah have you yeah. seen that tail off then slightly are people doing slightly different things now oh, oh definitely Definitely. So the first lockdown, it was very popular. I was doing live workouts for a lot of brands um, and a lot for East Nine. And it was very popular at the start. I was kind of also recording workouts and putting them on my Instagram and also YouTube just to help out a bit. But it it died off. It dwindled. It, you know, everyone got a bit bored. Mm. They got a bit sick of it, I suppose, because everybody was doing it. People who weren't even personal trainers were doing it. They're like, hey, I, can, I go to the gym. I'm going to do my own workout so people can follow me. And it, that was kind of, you're sitting back behind there going, hey, what are you doing? <laughs> it's, it was a bit difficult. Uh, with the second lockdown, the second lockdown was a lot harder no one wants to do the zoom workouts i think uh i don't know if that's because of the weather because the weather mm. wasn't as great as the first lockdown i don't know whether it was because people had already bought their equipment at that point or the fact it was only for a month you know yeah. there's there's a lot of reasons but yeah definitely the first lockdown was very popular but the second lockdown not so yeah. much it's so interesting as you're, as you're saying that i'm thinking yeah that was me that was what i was doing oh, yeah, exactly the same. yeah i was yeah. when i was on instagram i was constantly looking at who was doing live workouts yeah. like they're watching them as well yeah. <laughs> so true so if you had to kind of predict what you think the kind of mood will be in january and what people will be feeling like doing or wanting to do what what would you say i do you know what it's it's a bit of a difficult question because we we don't know what's going to happen mm. um before christmas they brought out all the vaccines and it's still kind of trial and error in a way it's to see how effective they are if people are feeling safe to go out and do normal things um i generally think that people will start to just want to be healthier fitter i don't think anyone will really have that you know that much of a goal uh, perhaps runners will start to you know, train a bit more because their races are going to be mm-hmm. put back on. Yeah, it's difficult to tell. It's. I think everybody's minds are all over the place with, are we going to go into lockdown again? What's going to happen this year? Are, are things events going to be cancelled? So yeah, it's hard. Yeah. To, it's hard to set things. But it's interesting what you're saying. So just everyone kind of just feels this general. I think people have become so aware of their general health. 
Mm. with everything that's gone on and it's interesting to hear you say that people just want to be a bit healthier that's that's kind of what you're thinking more perhaps more so than specifically i'm going to do a marathon in a certain amount of time or or what have you so i I would say two really good examples which i've loved following their journeys is rebel wilson the Mm -hmm. actress and adele they were you know they've posted all over their instagram and i was watching a live uh an instagram live with rebel wilson and she was saying you know, I'm not an expert, but this is the year. 2020 is the year for me to get healthy. And I've always been overweight since the age of 20. And I think a lot of people just thought that. I think that 2020, people who were too busy, like, I'm going to get healthy. I'm going to start exercising. I'm going to eat healthy. And I think with 2021, it's a bit, how's life going to go? Are we going to go back to being very busy? Are we going to be able to maintain this amount of you know exercise and keep you know staying healthy because people might start going back and you know go back into London where if you're traveling back and forth it's very difficult to you know kind of create your own lunches and make sure you are being healthy does Mm. that make sense Mm, definitely definitely it really does so as you said the kind of the important thing is sticking at it really yeah um so (laughs) the million dollar question how do you get people to kind of find a fitness I don't even want to say routine because it may not be a routine it might be completely changeable but how do you kind of instill in them the enthusiasm or the motivation to stick at it the one thing I always say say to my clients is if it's either in the consultation or the first session I say I always say to them if you don't like it tell me because I don't want you coming to me and dreading the session I want you to find something that you love I want you to be able to do it when you can and carry it on because the worst thing is, is, you know, if you have a, if you have a client who keeps cancelling, it's because they're hating it. <laughs> it does happen. <laughs> and you're like, you know, it's, it's kind of, I've had so many excuses and you kind of sit there thinking, well, is that true? You just don't want to, you know, come do the session, but it's, it's, yeah, it's trying to find something they love, whether it being, you know, I always start with, basic cardio, get them on the bike, get them on the treadmill, get them out running. They really hate the running. We'll we'll try, yeah. (laughs) That's nothing. People always come on to that. (laughs) (laughs) But it's it's trying to find like things like boxing and loads of people love boxing because they love getting the aggression out, which is fantastic. And if they're members of gyms, I always tell them to go and try all the classes. Don't, if you go to one class, perhaps spinning and you hate it, don't rule it out. Just go to another instructor. Mm -hmm. It's, you have to, it's trial and error. It's finding some things you dislike, you like, the instructor, the way things are taught, the piece of equipment. You know, some people love kettlebells, some people hate them. Okay, try a slam ball, try a medicine ball, try that bit of equipment, see if you prefer that. So it is, it's all trial and error, finding something they love. Hello, I'm Dr. Gemma Newman, also known as the Plant Power Doctor, your host for the Wellness Edit, a brand new podcast brought to you by Holland and Barrett. Each episode, I'll be joined by leading experts in different aspects of wellness. 75% of the UK population aren't reaching their biological sleep needs. Cortisol is one of the key stress hormones, which we know can turn down your immune response. Find out more at hollandandbarrett.com forward slash podcast or search the Wellness Edit on your favourite podcast streaming service today. And what about apps then? I mean, obviously you 
are involved with one. How how useful can they be in terms of keeping people motivated compared to a class or a, or a PT in in person? I think I think fitness apps are great in the way that it helps you get it done. I mean, I know I know a lot of people that come to my classes. They said to me, I couldn't do it by myself. I didn't barely do any exercise because I need to be in that environment, whether it's because they're competitive. So you get a lot of people, I get a lot of people in my classes who you can tell they're looking at other people because they're competitive and that gets them fit, which is fine. But some people, they just feel, you know, they give up very easily. So fitness apps, I think it's great because... I, I, you know, I myself, I struggle with motivation, especially on, you know, during the winter months. I like to have someone shouting in my ear. So if I don't put the fitness app on, I have very heavy metal music, just someone screaming in my ear because it motivates me. I don't know, it just pushes me out. (laughs) So having someone say to you, okay, you've got three minutes, let's do this sprint, or you have three minutes of doing kettlebell exercises it is very helpful because you've got a professional on the other end telling you what to do. You, they're timing it. So you don't have to worry about how long you've been training for. They're telling you how to do it. So you don't have to, again, Google, you know, exercises, how to do it. So it's, it's great. It's, you don't have to go anywhere. You can do it anywhere, anytime. Again, you're not with classes, you're set to a time with a fitness app. It can be, know 53 minutes past six and you can go out and do the session you know it's it's like it's not like seven o'clock and you've missed the class so I think it's I think it's good it helps people motivate each other yeah there's definitely something nice about I mean it sounds a bit lazy but being able to hand over your motivation to somebody else to do it because it's so hard that even if you're out for a run just to think okay I could just turn left at this corner and go home or shall I turn right and add another mile on to have even that can be quite exhausting kind of processing that decision yeah to have a have a trainer or you know someone else that's in charge of that for you and says no you are going to turn right you are going to do the extra mile yeah definitely that's that can take a lot of the kind of pressure off I think just handing that responsibility to somebody else you can switch off you don't have to think about anything you're just having someone telling you what to do in your ear which I think is great yeah so in terms of you and your kind of own style as a trainer what what would you say is like your brand what do you do that's slightly different or have a different approach I mean I know you like to cover lots of activities for a start yeah I mean I I always kind of branded myself as a runner and a power plate trainer so when power plates first came out I focused a lot on that and with vibration training and that was very, very popular. I had a lot of clients who came to me and I think that's because it was a quick fix, which I was trying to tell them it's not, it's just a different way of training. But I think a lot of people just thought, Hey, stand on a power plate and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> <Which> <laughs> Sounds so easy. <laughs> I know. They just thought they stand on it for like 15 minutes. They'll lose weight, but that wasn't it. But yeah, so at the start it was running and power plates. And then I kind of thought to myself, you know, I'll, I'll venture out. So as my running progressed, I started training a lot more triathletes and people who wanted to do Ironmans or just train for a marathon, but also the recovery side. So where a lot of personal trainers are just either strength or cardio. So you'll go to a coach and they're just mainly training you how to run, build your fitness up that way. You have a lot of, I hate to say this male clients. I'm not, I'm not kind of putting the male clients in a box, but it is usually, yeah, (laughs) Yeah. it is usually the male clients who don't do the cardio. They just do strength training and they do the whole, you know, bodybuilding, uh, which is great. If that's, you know, that's what they're great at, then, you know, good for them. But if you ask them to sprint down the road, they probably couldn't do that. 
or if you ask them to touch their toes, they probably can do that. So I like to say to my clients, okay, this, what are you looking for? Right. Okay. You want to do a marathon, but we're going to focus on the recovery side as well. So I'm going to do yoga, Pilates with you. We're going to get you a strong core, strong body. I'm going to check in with you, how you're feeling and how to help you recover. So I like to think, not sounding cheesy, I'm the whole package because I have, I do train and I do teach in all these different style of classes and style of teaching. So I, I think, I like to think that yeah. clients come so to just, me that way. Yeah, to go back to basically, so what is so important about recovery and doing it properly? Well, it is very important in a way that, well, starters, a lot of people don't do it. You get a lot of people who train every day. They don't let their bodies recover. And I, I was guilty of it. I went through a stage in my 20s where I was really hooked on teaching classes, exercising myself, and I wasn't taking rest days. I wasn't getting the massages. I wasn't foam rolling. But if you don't, you get injuries. Mm. And then you're back to square one and you're out for, what, six weeks to a year? And it's, it's heartbreaking. I've seen a lot of people who don't take care of their bodies they don't recover. They don't have days where they just keep to themselves. Also mentally, from a mental health side point, you can become too hooked on something. And I think you need to step away and just think, I'm doing this to be healthy and to do whatever goal, but I need to take time to myself to enjoy life and not be hooked on something. Yeah. So it's, yeah, I'm, at the moment I'm doing quite a lot on recovery because I think it's so important. It, I think that, especially with the whole you know, mental health stuff that's going on at the moment. I think people really need to take time to themselves, relax, you know, yeah, yeah, ease off a bit. Yeah. It's funny, isn't it? Something about fitness, like when you get into it, it's kind of easy to either be completely out of it or completely into it. Oh, yeah. And what yeah. you're saying about finding the balance and doing recovery as well and thinking about it holistically is so, so important. Definitely. I think that's what's good about kind of going to the East Nine app is that you can set a programme and it tells you when to have the recovery days. So again, you don't have to think, oh, when shall I do that? It's, it's quite nice because they say, right, you're going to do this on that day. Then you're going to have a recovery day. So take time to yourself or do a stretch mm. class or do, you know, just chill out for the day. It's, it's quite nice, but it's very, very important. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So your passion, I think I might say, is, is running. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, explain to me then, what is it you love about running? <laughs> I think it all started, I'll be completely honest, I'm very competitive. Right. So <laughs> when I was younger, it was all about, uh, I, was, I, you know, I was kind of doing things at school. And then when I was at university, I was taking part in challenges. And I thought, hey, I'm okay at this. It's something I can progress on. I, I, I enjoy it. I love the feeling. Um, and then it all happened when I did my first race, my first London Marathon. And I thought, okay, I'm a little bit above average, which is brilliant. And it just came from there. And But the, the main thing, it did start off as a competitive thing, but then I started to enjoy it because I loved it. I loved uh, putting on my music, going out for a run and just exploring. So mm. last year's lockdown, that's, that's one thing I loved because all the races were cancelled. I didn't have to focus on how fast I was going, how far I was going. It's all about, I you know, different routes and trail running, which I've never done before. I loved running through the woods in the summer. And I could just switch off. So it's a good way to escape. It's escapism. Time to yourself or with a friend if you want to catch up. It's just you can do it anytime, anywhere. 
I think that's what I love about it. You don't yeah. need anything except for a pair of trainers. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to be honest with you then. So I, um, I've had times in the past when I've been, let's say, a better runner. I am trying to do a couple of runs a week just to kind of, because as you say, you can do it anytime, any place, anywhere. Yeah. It's just really easy. I don't think I'm going to ever love running. So what, what uh, can I do to try and have a better relationship with running and, and not feel like I'm sort of forcing myself to do it? That's really funny because actually my, my partner, he was saying that to me. He was saying, he came back from one of his runs about a month ago and he said to me, I don't think I'm ever going to love running. I was like, that's really sad because I love it. <laughs> I want to go out running with you. But I did say to him, you need to find a way of running that you love. So whether that being going out with a friend, trail running, some people just love going out in the woods mm. and because that way there's no pressure. You can go explore. Um, there are different types of running, perhaps just join a running club because again, they help you, you become part of a community and it encourages to go out running, but also, I mean, do you, do you go out running with music or yeah. do you wear? Yeah. So I think that's another thing. It, if some people just go out running and I say, well, if you don't enjoy it, put some music on, put a podcast on or an audio book. So it's a good way to switch off and listen. So some people who love audiobooks, I think that's a great way of listening to them. Um, yeah, so try different things, music, audiobooks, podcasts, trail running, road running, running clubs. Uh, yeah, pa- yeah. Put, your, put yourself in a few races, see if you like oh, the competitive side of it. Okay. <laughs> Part one was kind of no. a racy enough for me. But <laughs> okay, I hear you. <laughs> I mean, I do, I do to always try and distract my mind. And I know some people will say, actually, maybe you shouldn't do that and you should be really mindful when you're running. Yeah. But I actually find if I do that, I start thinking, oh, I do feel a bit tired, actually. I'm a little bit short of breath. Oh, yeah. you know, if I can distract my mind and think about a work problem or something else, then I might actually do a lap of the park without realising it. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, my, my friend and I, we, for a while, we used to meet up every Wednesday and we'd call it whinging Wednesdays. <laughs> we used to just vent about everything that was stressing us out. So it was a great way of kind of releasing tension and any kind of stress we had so we would just moan about things and at the end of the run we were like oh I feel so much better yeah. we've kind of we've done the great. exercise yeah. <laughs> so yeah again that's another option go find a friend and just vent everything out yes. <laughs> so you're also am I right in thinking a fully qualified nutritionist yes yeah, yeah. And that's, that's fairly unusual so earlier on you said about people who didn't want to change their diets too much who were kind of wants to stick to the six takeaways a week type thing. Would you say it's never possible to kind of out-exercise a bad diet? Or is there actually, like, where does the balance go between nutrition and exercise? I mean, a lot of people always say it's 80% diet, 20% exercise. That's, you know, it's kind of all about calorie deficit if you want to lose weight. But also, if you're exercising and you have a bad diet, you struggle Mm. It's the breathing, it's the extra weight, it's the, it's the you know, your joints, the joint pain, your knees are going to hurt if you have that extra weight. But also you have issues, you know, stomach issues, whether it being IBS or Crohn's or uh, uh, celiac disease, things like that, that can come along, so which makes it harder to exercise as well. So one thing I always say, so that, that when I was going back to those clients who said, yeah, six takeaways a week, I said to them, fair enough, let's just see how you go because naturally you're going to want to cut down because when you start losing weight and you start feeling better, you don't want to go for the bad food. Mm-hmm. 
And they did. They were like, one week they said to me, oh, we only had three takeaways last week. I was like, brilliant. You know, I was like, three is better than six. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was a step forward. And I thought, this is amazing. And they, I think, I can't remember what they said. They used to have a breakfast. It wasn't a very good breakfast. But they said to me, oh, we had fruit for breakfast. And I was like, oh, that's great. You're getting in the nutrition. Brilliant. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's quite tough to, you don't want to force someone to do something because they won't, it won't mm. again. It's not it's not realistic. They're not going to stick with it if they don't want to do it. Hmm. Yeah. So what are the most common mistakes would you say or kind of misunderstandings do people have when it comes to their nutrition and their fitness nutrition? Uh, I would say things like calories. Calories and fat content is a big thing. Um, sugar, that's another, that's another main thing because a lot of food has you know, zero fat, but high in sugar, and that can still turn into fat. So mm-hmm. I think people are very kind of drawn to that. Again, people think that fruit and vegetables, uh, you can have as much of it as you want. Again, it does amount up in the end. But I think that the main thing is when I've had this with loads of clients before, I've had kind of all sorts of clients where they've said to me, oh, I've just picked up this uh, Weight Watchers pack of biscuits and that because it's you know it's encouraging you to be healthy but they think that taking a pack of Weight Watchers pack of biscuits is better than normal biscuits when sometimes it isn't it Mm. depends what's in it and there's a lot of uh, food out there which kind of labels themselves as healthy but it's not but at the end of the day, if you look at the label, it's always salt, sugar, flour. They're the three main things that you should look at and yeah. try to cut back on. I wouldn't say cut it out because then you'll crave it. I would say cut back. Yeah. So that's interesting. And so you haven't particularly picked up on fat there. You've had salt, sugar and flour. Yeah, because fat's not bad for you. I mean, you can look at things like avocados. I mean, I hate avocados. <laughs> <laughs> I re- it's one of those things which I really wish I loved, but... <laughs> For all my life, I, you know, every now and again I dabble in it. And I'm like, I might like this. No, no, it's not for me. You know, things like avocado and toast looks really lovely, but yeah, it's not. I just don't like the taste. But things like avocado, which is high, but it's good mm. fats. It's healthy fats. Um, so again, there's that whole misunderstanding: good fats and bad fats. And obviously, you've got the avocado, which is good fats. But then you have something like, I don't know, give an example: kebab meat, yeah. which is bad fats. Yeah. There you go, too extreme. <laughs> So do you get people to count calories? What's what's your thinking on calories, that, that big old debate? No, I think that uh, it's, I get, I get really frustrated with people who kind of stick to a diet because again, it's not, you're not going to do it for the rest of your life. It's, and also it's, it's quite stressful to think, oh, I can't have that biscuit because it's going to top me over the edge by 20 calories or something. I think that you should just be careful, have days. I mean, I like to always, when I'm kind of trying to get my clients into it, I always say to them, perhaps Mondays, um, don't have any bread. Tuesday, have bread. Just try and like mix it, mix it up a bit if they're really trying to lose weight, but I hate people that count calories. I think it's, Mm. I think it's just, it's too stressful. Mm. 
Um, and it was obviously a, it was obviously a trend at one point. I think that especially when they did the five two diet, that was a big thing uh, of people counting calories. And it, I, I, I had a client faint on me once, which was really bad. Right. I was going to ask you that actually about the kind of the challenge of trying to eat a bit less potentially, oh, but then also trying to work out a bit more <laughs> and how yeah. you balance that kind of feeling hungry when you're exercising. Have you got any good kind of secrets for that well it was really bad with this client I remember she um I started with her her session was like eight o'clock at night and I went over to hers and she she fainted on me and I was I, I was panicking I was like oh my gosh oh my gosh I called her husband in I was like are you okay and then she she kind of came about and she said to me I was like what have you eaten today when was the last time you've eaten she said I've only had half a banana and half a rice cake. Not even a full banana, not even a full rice cake, just half of each. I was like, why? Why did you do that? She said, oh, I'm on the 5-2 diet and I've started it today. And I was trying to explain to her, you're allowed 800 calories. Yes. <laughs> I think you probably had like 10 calories and that's it. I was like, you're allowed 800 calories. It's, it's that, you know, that's absolutely ludicrous. And she was like, oh, I didn't know that. I just thought you had to starve yourself for two days a week. I was like, no, that's not, they have, they have never said that. But again, that's something that people being like Chinese whispers, people said, oh, you know, 5-2 diet, you just have to kind of starve yourself for two days. And that's it. It's, just, it's not actually looking up the facts and looking up what you have to do. But yeah, um, yeah it's, it's, it's very, very hard. I always say to people, if they're training, just make sure you've got the protein. Um, make sure that you are taking in good calories. Um, don't go and do a hard workout and just starve yourself. You need to get the nutrients back in because obviously your body, like we were saying earlier, recovery, your body needs to recover. Mm. Um, I would suggest something like uh, Greek yogurt. Greek yogurt's got a lot of protein. Obviously, if you're vegan, there are options for for vegans. But it's just trying to, yeah, it's trying to keep your body healthy, trying to recover better. And and also, if you starve yourself, you're not going to be able to perform in those exercises. You're not going to be able to do the best workout. So you're not going to get to your goal. Mm. I've, had, I've had clients who have come to me who we've been out running, they're training for a marathon. I'll be out running, I'll be two miles in. And they'll just stop and say, I can't, I haven't got any energy, I can't do it. Why is that? Oh, I starved my, you know, I, I decided to starve myself this morning because I overate, I was overeating yesterday and I had too many calories. And I, okay, right. If that's what you want to do, just make sure you eat before the session. Yeah. So you get the best, because you're doing your marathon. You need to have the fuel to do the run. And then just, it, yeah, it blows my mind. That's how yeah. some people think. But again, I used to think like that. It's, it is yeah. all, it's human it's nature. Try, it is yeah. human nature and it's trying to, get around it yeah so what are some good foods then to have for those kind of pre-workout fuels banana you've mentioned yeah so pre pre-workout it's always hard again depending how early you're training i would say that if you're having a proper breakfast of like porridge or something like that it has to be at least two hours before a workout so it has time to settle um but if it's you know if it's something quick i would say a banana a bit of peanut butter and toast um uh like a small yogurt is always good a handful of nuts i yeah it's just little things little things mm. that will give you that boost and what about things like kind of pre-workout like caffeine and stuff like that do you think kind of a, that can be a, a useful tool yeah i mean again caffeine's a bit i mean 
I, I never I never suggest to people who people who don't have caffeine I never suggest them mm. I'll have a coffee before workout I I don't like pushing caffeine on people if they're used to having coffee or tea then I would say have a coffee before then because it will wake you up and it'll make you more alert there are studies behind caffeine which are fantastic and during races I have caffeine before or during a marathon I'll have caffeine gels and they do help you perform better and they do wake you up and because there's nothing worse than doing a workout when you're half asleep. So I, if people are used to caffeine, I'll say have a coffee, definitely. Um, but nothing else, really. No, I suppose I'm asking you, really, because I'm used to doing a lot of kind of long cycle rides and coffee is kind of part of that culture that you oh, stop yeah. and top up. And, you know, it's a, it's a nice sociable stop, but also it helps with your energy levels. So. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So if you're used to caffeine, then great. I, I think it does help. And it's, it's, it's a good way. And also you're getting in the, the fluids which is very important. Yeah. Is that another mistake? I mean, I, I'm probably guilty of that, not taking on enough fluid. Is that kind I of think, quite a common one that you see? Yeah, I'm guilty of it. And I'm always saying to myself, honestly, every single year, this year, I'm going to make sure I drink more. I'm going to drink more water, <laughs> but I don't. It's terrible. If I, I probably, if I didn't teach my classes or run, I don't think I'd drink that much. <laughs> well, you know, it might be in tea. Tea's, yeah. no, tea, I drink a lot of tea. Yeah. But it's yeah I just it's really bad and I need to try and get into the routine I need to buy one of those big flasks that you have like a goal it tells you how far you've yeah. got and how much you need to drink but yeah it, it's a big thing I always tell people to drink a lot of water but then I need to yeah. do it myself yeah. I'm loving this conversation because you're being so honest <laughs> and so human it's like yes well, I don't want I don't want to be one of those personal trainers <laughs> that are really I, I hate to say it fake because yeah. it's you've got to be honest I am I'm not I'm not perfect I I, that's, uh, water is my Achilles heel. I am terrible. I do need to drink more water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that's brilliant. That's some really great advice there. So if you had to kind of just sum up then for any newbies or actually, then no, let's not do that. Let's say people who are kind of moderately fit, but want to get a bit fitter next year. Yeah. So, um, I mean, just to take an example, it doesn't have to be this, but you know, my 5k is not the speed I want it to be. I'd like to be a bit faster at a 5k. I'd like to push up to 10K more often. You know, how can we just find that motivation or whatever it is to kind of just get a bit a bit fitter, to take it on to the next level for next year? I think, I think 2020 is a good example to say you shouldn't stress about things. Right. If, if you're looking for motivation, it will, it will, it will come, go out. So if you, for example, if it is running, Go out, go find a running club, find a friend who's that little bit faster and use that time. Because again, you don't think about it. If you've got a friend that's faster than you, they will push you without yeah. you realising. And you will get, you will get faster. I've done, yeah. I've done that with a friend. He was way faster than me. I, actually, I think he definitely helped me get faster. Um, don't put too much stress on yourself, but find something you love. And remember just to look after your body, recover well, eat well and train well. I think it's... I think those three are so important. Yeah. Yeah. That's brilliant advice. Um, so it's find something you love. Don't yeah. be too hard on yourself. Look after yourself, basically. Oh, yeah. In, in a uh, nutshell. And yeah. try lots of different classes. I love that advice. Well, you're, you're so right. We said earlier about trainers because a different mm. instructor in the same class, sometimes you get a supply teacher on a class. Yeah. And you think, actually, 
that I really quite, you know, I like this class normally. It's my normal class, but as a different teacher, and actually, that felt like a completely different class. Oh, I, I always, I think it's so important. I for for people that come to my classes, if it's their first time. I always say to them, I really hope you enjoy it. You know, give me feedback at the end. I said, if you don't enjoy it, please go to a different class. That's the same. Because I said, I want you to like it. And they're, like, they're looking at me going, what? You're trying to encourage me to go to a different class. But I said, it's just, you might not like my way of teaching. You might prefer someone that shouts at you the whole time. You might prefer someone that's a bit more quiet where I chat. Obviously, you could tell now I chat a lot. And <laughs> so it, I think, again, like we said earlier, you need to find some, something you love, a class you love, an instructor that you love motivates you it helps massively yeah yeah. brilliant thank you so much for your time today Anya I've really enjoyed that and I'm feeling I am feeling more motivated to go out and do something different actually (laughs) and and boxing I think you're when you mentioned boxing I was thinking yeah that's that sounds like it might be the one for me yeah next year just all that kind of aggression but also you have to be so fit to do it don't you so oh yeah yeah oh god (laughs) get good muscle tone from boxing yeah and good core (laughs) brilliant thank you so much we'll we'll leave it there but thank you again for your time and it's been really brilliant yeah i've enjoyed it thank you thanks so that was our special get fit for life episode of the healthy podcast brought to you in association with holland and barrett if you liked what you heard remember you can pick up the latest edition of healthy magazine in your local holland and barrett online at hollandandbarrett.com and via the holland and barrett app or you can head over to healthy-magazine.co.uk for some more great fitness content. Find out more about Anya on her website, anyagab.co.uk, and that's A-N-I-A-G-A-B-B.co.uk, or find out more about her and the East Nine app at east9.fit. And finally, please feel free to subscribe to our regular healthy podcasts on your podcast app and give us a review. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.